The Garden Heart Podcast, Episode 1. Welcome to the Garden Heart Podcast, where our goal is to equip you to cultivate abundant life from the inside out. I'm your host, Melissa Seccaroli, and I am so thankful that you are taking your time to listen to this very first episode. Just to share a little bit about myself, if all went well as planned, this podcast is being launched on my birthday, September 25th, so I just turned 27. I'm a wife to my husband, Vincent, who I've been married to for just over four years. I was born and raised in Buffalo, New York, and I still live here. And honestly, I'm just your ordinary girl. I love coffee, friendship, shopping. I love clothes and fashion. But the most important thing about me is that I love Jesus. I love the Bible. I love truth. And I'm so passionate about teaching his truth, discipling women, and creating spaces for women to grow in their walks with God. Creating this podcast has been on my heart for months, and it came out of the requests of different individuals. I wanted to start this, but of course, at the start of my any new dream, you're flooded with doubts and fears. But with the help of a few key people in my life, I'm now taking the steps to launch this podcast by faith and to trust God with the rest. The goal for this podcast is to give you conversations, tools, resources, and teachings that will help you find that abundant life that God has for you right where you're at. As we create this podcast, our goal is to have interviews with women who are also in pursuit of this, and then other episodes will just be myself sharing what's currently on my heart. No matter the conversation or interview, our goal is to equip you right where you're at to live in abundance and discover the full life that God has in store for you. With all the lies of our culture, many of us believe that abundant living is the result of how perfect our life is or how many vacations we take or how many adventures or experiences we have in this life. We are told that abundance is created by our own outward circumstances and how good they can be. But what if I told you that God had a different design for abundant living? That when we look at what the Bible and what truth says, that we learn that living in abundance isn't a direct result of what is happening around us, but what is happening within us. What if I told you that your keys to living in abundance, abundant joy, freedom, purpose, love, hope, is a result of what is happening beneath the surface? What if your life can look drastically different, not because you got a better job, more money, or that you didn't face any problems in this world, but because of how much you allow God to work in your heart? As believers in Jesus Christ, we believe in this news, that everyone has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, that there's no one perfect or good on this planet that deserves to go to heaven, that we are lost and dead in our sins, and there's no hope for us when, and we are forever separated from God. That's the bad news. But the good news is that God loves us so much that he sent his one and only begotten son to die on a cross for our sins so that whoever puts their faith and trust in him will have eternal life. When we give our lives to Jesus, we are no longer separated from God. We are reconciled back to God through that relationship with Jesus and we have a home in heaven for all of eternity. We are rescued from a place called hell and we now have the gift of living with him now and forevermore. This is the foundation for abundant living. That the only way that we can cultivate an abundant life from the inside out is by giving our hearts to the only one who knows us from the inside out. You and I don't have the power to change our heart. God does. And that power rests in his hands alone. And he freely gives us his spirit to accomplish that work when we genuinely give our lives to him. Now, obviously, I don't know who's listening to this podcast, but I realize that as you listen, you might not understand what I'm talking about when I refer to following Jesus, the Bible, or going to church. 
I realize that because of your background, you might have different images flashing through your mind about religion, and maybe they're not the best of memories. Maybe you've been hurt by people who claim to love Jesus, or maybe you think the whole concept of following Jesus is just plain weird. I understand that. Honestly, I used to think that myself. But no matter where you stand in your faith, I don't take it lightly that you're taking your time to listen to this podcast. I want to let you know that me and my team are here to serve you, help you, and answer any questions about what it means to follow Jesus, no matter where you are in your your faith walk with him. Whether you've decided to follow him or whether you haven't, we are here to serve you, to love you, and to help you. Now, for those of you who do follow Jesus, I want to encourage all of us today to make a decision to draw a line in the sand and to commit to fully surrendering to God and to allow him to do what he wants to do within us. Let's give it all to him so he can do a deep work in us and through us. Life is so short and we want to all make a difference in this world. Let's band together and commit to utilizing everything we have for the glory of God and for the good of others. So today's topic is finding God's will when life is hard, crazy, and weird. I don't know what kind of season you're in right now, but for myself, these have been the words to describe what I've been facing in this season of my life. Life is hard, full of disappointments and trials. Life is crazy, good crazy, and bad crazy. And honestly, life is just plain weird at times. Sometimes things happen that you never saw coming, and you don't know how to wrap your mind around a situation. Sometimes life is so weird that it just numbs you, that you have no words, no time to process, and honestly, no prayers to pray. All you can say is life is weird. So maybe you can relate to the hardships, craziness, or the weirdness. But regardless, we all want to know the will of God. But I know for one thing, we all want to know the will of God, especially when things are hard, crazy, and weird. But honestly, many of us, we're not sure how to find it. We pray and pray, asking for God's direction, favor, and guidance to slam doors that are not of him and to fling wide open doors that are from him. In the midst of discerning God's will for our lives, in regards to careers, callings, relationships, friendships, church life, serving, volunteering, buying that house or that car, starting that family, or choosing that college or degree, we need to ask ourselves this one question. How often are we spending time in his word throughout the process? surrounding ourselves with godly counsel who will speak truth into our lives and staying connected to biblical teaching. Romans 12 2 says that we will all be able to test and approve God's will when we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. If discovering God's will only comes when we renew our minds and they're transformed, then how do we transform our minds? Well, we need to understand that transforming our minds is not something that we can do by our own willpower, but it's a supernatural God-given activity that happens by the power of his spirit and the power of truth working within us. As people once separated from God, our minds were guided by flesh and our sinful desires. We were once only focused on what we want and what is best for our own interests. When we give our lives to Christ, not only does he give us a brand new heart and life, but by his spirit, he will begin to transform us from the inside out, to think like he would, care for the things he does, and have an eternal perspective on life instead of a temporary perspective. When we dive into the word of God through prayer and studying, staying connected to a Bible-preaching church, and surround ourselves with people who love Jesus, we will learn about who God is and what he cares about. 
as Christians, we are being transformed into the image of Christ daily. When we dedicate time to reading, studying, meditating, and memorizing the word of God, to seek God and to get him, get to know him personally, we will be changed in our hearts and our minds to see the world and life the way God sees it. When our inner man is being transformed and his truth is stored in our heart, we will then be able to test and approve what God's will is through the changing seasons of life, especially when things get hard, crazy, and weird. Now, like I said earlier, if all things went as planned, this episode is being launched on my birthday, September 25th, and I'm turning 27 today. And honestly, in my short season of life, I understand I'm young, but in my short season of life, I've walked through so many different seasons, trials, and hardships in my time with Jesus. Sometimes the steps that God wanted me to take were as crystal clear. Other times I saw what the day I was in was handing to me. It's been confusing and hard at times. Other times I've been confident about the steps I was taking. But through it all, the answer of finding God's will throughout different seasons has been this. It's been simply not giving up. Not giving up on my daily time with God. Not giving up on the church. Not retreating and hiding from people who wanted to speak truth into my life. Throughout the years, it's been through these avenues that God is guiding me towards his plans for me. Now, as we're trying to find God's will for us, will we make mistakes? Yes. Will we get it perfect? No. Will we think we understand his will, but then get it wrong at times? Yep. But we need to trust that God will honor the person who wants to honor him. If our heart genuinely wants to find his will and we have surrendered hearts, he will lead us and guide us as we choose to follow him daily. It will be hard, testing, and confusing at times, but he will be faithful to establish his plans in our life. As he does, we will learn over and over again that his ways, plans, and timing are best and that his will is truly good, pleasing, and perfect. Now, I don't want to make it sound like discovering God's will is as easy as one, two, three, because it's not. I'd be lying to you if I made you think that it was that easy. But throughout the process of discovering his will for our lives, it will be a journey of faith. We won't have all the answers. We will only see a few steps in front of us at a time. But as we pursue our relationship with him above all else, he will speak to us. He will give us little steps to take in obedience that will naturally cause his will to unfold in our lives. He will be the good shepherd that leads and guides us as he directs us by his loving hand. And he will be a good father who takes care of us because we are his children and his love for us is more than we could ever comprehend. And I think that's something that's really important too is to understand this, that discovering God's will takes our obedience and cooperation with his spirit. Honestly, we can't sit on our bums and expect God to show us everything and then just make it happen. If I'm honest, one of my biggest pet peeves in the Christian world is when people ask and beg for God to do something, but yet they're not willing to put any effort into their walk with God. We need to understand that finding God's will requires following the person of Jesus. Following Jesus is an action. It takes our movement, our cooperation, and willingness to take steps that he is showing us and from our personal devotion time with him. I don't know what you're facing today. Maybe life's battles are too much to bear. Maybe things are going really well for you. I recognize that there may be things happening to you that seem unfair, unjust, and is just confusing. It could be that God's will for you seems upside down and backwards and that his plans can't possibly be good with all the hell that you're walking through. Maybe you thought life would look one way, but things are happening that you never imagined. I get that. I understand that. 
But no matter where you find yourself today, whether in the good or the bad of life, always remember this, that the primary focus of God's will is to draw you closer to his heart. In all of this, I truly believe that the goal of finding God's will for us is not just finding a path, but finding a friend, and his name is Jesus. Life changes so much. Seasons change so much. Sometimes we think we know the best route, and then it comes to a screeching halt. Sometimes people you thought would never leave your life ends up walking right out of your life. Relationships end. Marriages end. Children walk out of your life. Life is so hard and painful at times. But Jesus, he is a friend through it all. Through the hurt and the pain and the baggage of life, he is with it. He is with us through it all because he is never changing and he's constant. Now, if we can't get our minds wrapped around that the ultimate goal of God's will is to lead us to his heart and to love him with our whole being, then we're always going to be frustrated and dissatisfied in the process of finding his will. But no matter where you're asking, no matter what you're asking of God for within regards to his will, remember to read the word, seek his face, and spend quality time in his presence. Listen to his voice, follow and obey, and no matter how life changes, learn to love him with your whole heart because he is chasing after our whole heart. Surround yourself with people who love Jesus. Listen to their advice even if it hurts. Stay connected to the teaching and preaching of the word of God from reliable sources and never ever give up in the process. So as I was preparing this podcast, I started to think about some practical steps that we can all implement when we are discovering God's will for our life. So one, the motives of our heart can reveal the direction we should or shouldn't go. So we live in a world that tells us to follow our heart. But for the Christian, this is really bad advice. Jeremiah 17, 9 says that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? We cannot always trust the motives of our heart, and we need to understand that our heart has been tainted by sin. No one is born good and just naturally has the right motives 100% of the time. And also, we do need to understand that as believers in Jesus Christ, we have been forgiven for all of our sin, and we have been made new by the blood of Christ. But that doesn't mean that our old nature completely just dies off. So we still have to go through the process of allowing God to transform our heart so that sin is no longer affecting our our motives and our life. So God's will for us is to always lead us to decisions that are self-sacrificing, not ones that will feed selfish ambition and what we want or our plans or our own dreams and our own desires, but to make decisions that will lead us to what God has in store for us. So we need to ask ourselves and we have to weigh the motives of our heart. So just ask some questions. Why do you genuinely want that new job? Why do you really want to take that next step? Is it truly honoring to God or is it honoring to something that you want for your life? Now, I need to make it clear that there's nothing wrong with taking steps to make more money, to get a new job, or to buy a new house. Just to name a few tangible examples. But we need to look at the overall reasons of why we want what we want. As followers of Jesus, where is our treasure? Is our treasure in our relationship with God or do we want to pursue other things because we think it's going to satisfy us more than what God has for us? We need to check our hearts. Point number two, ask God for a vision for your life. The Bible says that without vision, the people perish. If you don't have a vision for where your life is heading, where God is leading you, what you see your family, your business, or your ministry to be like, it's going to be really easy to give up, especially when things get hard, crazy, and weird. 
So a definition I found for vision that I really liked, it says this, the ability to think about or plan the future with imagination or wisdom. And you know what? And I just put some of my own words down. But when I refer to vision, I mean, I'm referring to a picture, a conviction, or a calling for your life that is from God on where you think you're, he's taking you in your life. Now, if you don't have a vision or if this concept is really new for you, my advice to you is this. Get alone with God and ask him for a vision. It could be a word. It could be a calling. It could be a dream that he's placed within you. But get alone with him. Spend time in prayer and in the word of God. Write it down. Whatever is on your heart, write it down and ask God's confirmation on what it is that's on your heart. And here's my advice to you as well. Hold it loosely in your hands. Be ready to surrender it back to God just in case you got it wrong. Or if it changes, or if you're willing to bend and flow with life as it changes, we need to hold everything that God places in our hands loosely because we also need to understand that he's in control. We need to be flexible with the visions that God's placed in our hearts and allow God to redirect our steps whenever he wants us to. Be obedient to what he asks of you in the process. And a vision is important because it can help us give us a sense of direction for where God is taking us. And it can help us in the discerning process of discovering his will. And I just want to share a personal example with that. Um, I gave my life to Jesus back in 2010. And when I did that, um, there's a long story with my story of giving my life to God. Um, But I kind of hit a crossroads in my life. And I told God, I'm like, okay, God, do whatever you want with me. I was desperate. I was 18 years old. I was just starting college. And I was following Jesus for a year prior Uh, But I was still holding on to my own dreams and plans and vision for my life. But I hit this crossroads of not knowing where my life was heading and not knowing what career to take or job or what to major in. So I got to a point where I was like, okay, God, like, I give up. Like, I surrender to you, whatever you want, like, have your way in my life. And when I did that, not only did God just completely, like, completely I can't even put words into describe it but like he completely transformed my life in that moment and I'm not saying that everything became better but like I gave my life to him and I just encountered his presence in such a way that completely transformed everything for me like I saw light life in a brand new way and it's like my eyes were opened to his love and his existence and everything Um, But in this process as well, I was really praying. I'm like, God, like, what am I supposed to do with my life? And ministry was placed on my heart. And, you know, I was 18. I I grew up, you know, around church, but I never had a good example of what it meant to follow Jesus. So ministry, I really didn't know fully what that meant. um, But I know it was placed in my heart in such a way where it was just a conviction from God. And I just felt like it was a calling from God. And especially because I never thought of it before this moment. So like, for me, I'm like, okay, like this is from God. Um, and keep in mind, this was I. This was almost like nine years ago. So throughout this process, you know, I'm following Jesus, and you know, He's doing a lot of work in my heart. And you know, I walk into some really heavy seasons that are really hard and trying and painful. Um, but this whole time, you know, I always felt like I was called in the ministry. And throughout the years, you know, that idea of what ministry looked like, it changed over time. Like at one point, I'm like, God, am I supposed to get into youth ministry? And then another point, I'm like, God, am I supposed to get into Christian counseling? And then there's another point where like I had a desire to teach the Bible, but like God knows I wasn't ready for it back then. Um, But my point is, is that 
throughout all the years of my life, like I always had this conviction and this calling and this vision of my life that God was calling me into ministry. Um, But it wasn't until this past year where he really laid, you know, a new vision on my heart that's in the realms of ministry, but it was a new thing that he had in store for me, which was the Garden Heart Collective, which is the Garden Heart Podcast, which was this women's ministry that I'm now taking steps to start. And it's just amazing how God can place a vision on our life so many years before something actually happens. And of course, we need to understand that all of life is ministry. I understand that. But for me, I felt like God was calling me into something specific in a ministry realm in terms of teaching the Bible and all these different things. And I had this vision on my life for years. And it wasn't until years later that things actually started to um, form and kind of transpire for me. So we need to understand that as when God gives us a vision for our life, that when he places that vision on on our hearts that, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to completely come about, but that's such a gift from God because those things, they're going to help us, you know, kind of gauge where God is leading us and where God is taking us and help us discover what God has for us in the seasons to come and in our future. So like I said, ask God for a vision for your life and get alone with him until he puts something in your heart and then hold it loosely and um, be willing to be flexible with wherever God takes you. And remember this too, that every season that God places us in, um, it's for a purpose and it's for a reason. You know, he sees the big picture of his will and we see like less than 1%. Like we see something that he, like we don't see half or not even half, like I said, less than 1% of what God wants to do with us. Um, so ask God for that vision. Ask, ask God for that calling on your life and hold it in your hands. And as you follow him, just um, continue to pray and seek through what it is he's calling you to do in your life and what it is that, that he wants to happen for your business or your ministry or your family or your household or um, whatever it is, is he's placed in your hands. And point number three, pay attention to the attacks or disorientation in the process of finding God's will. When we are following God and discovering his will, we can expect some opposition from the enemy. Ephesians 6.12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, and against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Fear, confusion, doubt, distraction, procrastination, just to name a few, can sometimes be caused by the one who doesn't want us to move forward in God's will. Sometimes we forget that when we have these different struggles, that there's more going on that we can't see with our natural eyes that there's more going on in our spiritual life. Sometimes the distraction you're facing is fed by the enemy who wants to get your attention off of God. Sometimes that fear of stepping out in faith is a direct result of the devil's lies to freeze you in your tracks. In the process of discovering God's will, what are some of the thoughts that are going through your head? Are you battling fear and doubt and confusion and distraction and all these different things? What are the battles that you're facing? Are there steps that you know God wants you to take, but you're afraid and you're distracted and you're doubting the things that you, that you feel like he's putting in your life? 
Now, obviously, in this process, when we're doubting certain things from God, it's good to get godly counsel and get advice from people and to let people into those decisions. But then there are other times where we know that God's put something on our heart, like, hey, for me, this podcast, (laughs) and we are just doubting that if this is actually going to make a difference or is this really what God wants us to do or yada, yada, yada. You know, there are certain times where we know that God has put something on our heart to take a step towards and we are just doubting it because we can't possibly think that that's what God wants us to do. But I want to encourage you that as you look at your life and you look at your thought life and you look at what are what are the things that are keeping you from moving forward into what God has for you, I want to just encourage you to ask God to enlighten those things so that you can see where the enemy is attacking you. And then at the same time, I want to encourage you to just pray that God empowers you to break past those fears and break past those lies and break past everything that the enemy is trying to do to put in your path to keep you from following after the will of God. I want to encourage you that in this process of following God's will, that God is so much bigger than the lies, than the fears, than the doubts, than the distraction and the, and the procrastination. And when we call to, out to him for help, he will give us the strength to move forward. He will give us the strength and he will empower us by his spirit living inside of us to go and take those little steps of obedience, even when we're facing fear, even in the midst of doubt. You know, even when we have a lot of opposition, he will empower us to move forward in the face of opposition because that's what it means to be courageous child of God is that when we are facing opposition that we choose to move forward anyways. So I want to encourage you to do that. Get alone with God and ask him for his help and ask him for his spirit to help you move forward in the plans that he has for you. So I just want to share a couple verses in closing. Proverbs 16, 9 says, A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. And then Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. So no matter where you find yourself today, Trust the fact that God does have a plan for your life. I cannot say it enough. He's got a plan for your life. It may be a little foggy right now depending on where you're at, but I can guarantee you as you commit to following him and obeying him and you don't give up, he will lead you to the plans that give you life, purpose, and joy. He wants to use you and everything he has placed in your hands to change the world, to touch people's lives, and to compel others to follow Jesus. No matter the battle or the struggle, it's all worth it. And the fight is worth it because the battle is worth it and because Jesus is worthy of it all. And I'm praying for you as you're following him, as you're discovering God's plan for your life in the crazy seasons and the hard seasons and in the weird seasons, I'm praying for you that you will be strengthened and empowered to not give up and to find all that God has for you. Thank you so much for listening to this first episode. Honestly, I am sitting in my bedroom on the floor with a blanket over my head to keep the echoing from happening. And I just think it's so funny just where I'm at right now. And if you're choosing to to listen to this episode, can I just say I am so humbled and grateful that you took your time to listen. You know what, me and my team, we appreciate you joining our community. And we are believing all the resources that come out of the Garden Heart Collective would propel you into that abundant life that God has in store for you. 
So we want to encourage you to go ahead and check out our website, thegardenheartcollective.com. On there, you can find our show notes, tools, and resources. Be sure to subscribe to our email list to get the latest freebie. Also, follow us on all the socials. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And of course, we would appreciate it more than you could ever understand if you would give us a strong five-star rating, post a review, subscribe to the podcast for future episodes, and share it with your people. So thank you again, and we'll see you for the next episode.